Little Rock Trojan Sports Properties, in conjunction with Little Rock Athletics, present Big Talk on Little Rock, a deeper look inside Little Rock Trojan Athletics. Now, here is your host of Big Talk on Little Rock, the voice of Little Rock women's basketball, Trey Schaap. Welcome to Big Talk on Little Rock. I am Trey Shep, joined today by the head baseball coach of your Little Rock Trojans, Chris Curry. This segment brought to you by Highland Dairy. Coach, thanks first of all for uh, joining us. Good to be here in the uh, Trojan locker room. Unfortunately, we're not in the middle of the season. It is, and, and thanks for having me. I really appreciate you doing this, Trey, and, and Highland Dairy and, and all of our sponsors. Uh, it's it's sad. It's uh, it, it went really, really fast. Uh, I sent out a picture and, and it's kind of a tradition, a personal tradition when the season is over to send out a picture of an empty locker room, but uh, sitting in an empty locker room in March, but it's surreal. It is surreal. You had won a game at Southern Miss, a three-game weekend. You finished that weekend uh, one and two, but you won five to one on Sunday, March the 8th, and then you're getting ready to play UT Arlington, a home conference opener here at Gary Hogan Field, Curran Conway Park. And all of a sudden, this pandemic, this COVID-19 pandemic hits. What was going through your mind the first time you found out about the NBA shutting down and then what the Sun Belt was going to do with baseball? Well, it, it went really fast. So to rewind a little bit, we had, we had had a very good weekend at Southern Miss, a, a perennial top 25 team. They've won the Conference USA title year in and year out, been to Omaha lately, and uh, my mentor, Scott Berry, and we're able to win a decisive game on uh, Sunday, a very close game on Saturday. The guys played well. It was, a, it was a good bus ride home. We were excited. We had the week off, no midweek game, to rest up, to get our, our pitching back in line. Uh, we had guys that were playing really well, Kel Imshoff, Aaron Funk. And then we're watching and learning everything on Twitter, essentially, in the news and on TV, like everyone else. And I remember seeing March Madness uh, be canceled, and that got my attention immediately. Wow, because we all understand what a, what a big deal that is financially into the fans. And wow, if they cancel Mar- March Madness, then this is real. And uh, other things start to go the NBA, and then the Ivy League cancels, Ivy League baseball. And that's when we really started to take note and, and realize the dominoes might start to fall here. And so we were here all week. And then Thursday is travel day for Sunbelt Baseball. And Darren Thomas at UTA, that's who we're opening with, is a good friend. And we're talking on the phone. And uh, he's, he's telling me, hey, are you watching this thing? Yeah, I'm watching. What has your AD said? Well, my AD has said this. They're hearing this. And uh, – we get through the day, and we eventually decide he needs to stop and turn his bus around because we're not going to play for a day. So we're at that point, we're going to push it back a day. And uh, so they stop, and we're going to come up on Friday. And so, okay, because we were debating whether to put the tarp on the field because rain was coming, and it rained all that weekend. And so I said, no, let's, let's leave the tarp off. I think we're okay. And uh, they stopped, turned their bus around. Within the next day, the Sun Belt says we're suspending indefinitely, so we don't know how long that is. And then it just went really fast from there. Leagues started canceling, games started being canceled, and then before we know it, by Monday, I had a team meeting at 1 o'clock in the stands with my team. What was that meeting like, and how difficult was it to stand before them and say, 
guys, there's nothing I can do, but the season is basically over. Well, for the first time, you know, they knew as much as I did because it all unfolded uh, out in public on social media, and so they're following along. You know, our series got canceled, and so the first announcement was suspended for 15 days. And so at that point, I think we were suspended for two weeks or, or a month. And so we sat in the stands, which normally our team meeting is in the locker room. It's tears at the end of the year, and we're in the stands. I tell them that, you know, social distancing was a brand-new word. Mm-hmm. And so I tell them, hey, you got to spread out, get at least three, four seats in between you. And uh, I tell you know, the, the young kids feel invincible. And those are the, the right now the ones we're trying to connect with the most about social distancing. And so and they're athletes. They think they're superhuman. And, no, this is real. you got to spread out. And at that point, it was, guys, I don't know how this is going to go down. I don't know if this is the last time I'm going to see you. I hope not. Uh, it was almost a feeling of almost to, to getting them back to their families, kind of a get-out-of-town-before-the-hurricane-hits type feel. I said, go home, get your stuff, get what you need, and get back to your families because they're in apartments and they're close to everyone. And, and, and so you didn't really get a chance to say bye, and that was hard. I did, I did ask the seniors to come in and talk to them about what they were thinking as far as next year because at that point we didn't know if they were going to get their year back, get the relief. Thank goodness they did. And, and so what, what were their thoughts? Hey, if you don't get your year back, what are you going to do? And uh, it just happened fast, and you were in more crisis management mode than goodbye mode. And so you feel like the goodbye emotions got stolen from you. Let's talk about those seniors that for some of them you thought, okay, this might be the last time that they put on the maroon and silver, the maroon and white of the Little Rock Trojans. But the NCAA granting that extra year for those guys, now you're able – if they want to, to bring them back. So where do we stand right there? Well, we got we got five seniors, and uh, all but I think one expressed that they do want to come back. One has, has been injured, two surgeries in his sixth year, and has a job already lined up and uh, has decided he wants to move on. And, I, you know, I respect that. I totally get it. Some guys are to the finish line, want to go ahead and move across it and move on. But uh, we want them back. They're good players. They're great people. They want to come back. Some of them have uh, opportunities to play professional baseball. And so we left the door open. And then again, like our world is, we learned on, on via Twitter, social media, that they're getting their year back. Mm-hmm. So I immediately reached out to them and, and I said, hey, you still in? And yes, sir, I'm, I'm fired up. And uh, that, that was exciting. That was a good day uh, amidst all, all the rough days. Knowing what it takes to build up to a season and the work that is put in in the offseason and the way your team was playing going into conference play, you guys were playing really good baseball. We were. We were 9-8, and eight, uh, one of the best starts non-conference that we that we ever had. We, we had a uh, – you know, I joke with people, hey, we won the last game. No, not, not many times you get to say that, you know, except in Omaha and the National Championship, but we were 9-8. and eight. We had played really good teams, you know, Illinois State, Oklahoma State, Southern Miss, and uh, we had some good games coming up too. But uh, we were playing really well, ready to open conference play. Kale M. Schaff was leading the, leading the Sun Belt in many offensive categories. Uh, Aaron Funk had back-to-back uh, um, weekends where he was dominant pitcher of the week. And I think one weekend we swept hitter and pitcher of the week. But uh, 
they were playing really well and we were figuring out the right combination and, and the carpet was just kind of yanked out from under you. It was, it's, it, that's what has taken up most of my time as, as things have settled out and we've all got a lot of time on our hands is the what ifs because this is a really good club and we were kind of pointing to this club for, to be really good and we had our, 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 our star player playing well and everybody was falling into their roles around him and so that the what ifs will always haunt me. Let's talk about Kale Imshaw for a second. The, the season that he was having this year after having to sit out last year because of the injury and I think it was like 17 games he's played for the Little Rock Trojans in the span of two years. That's right. That's right. 17 games. And you, you talked about all the hard work put in, the early morning workouts, the, the scrimmages, the fall games, the, the, the games we'd played, and, and to see it just immediately stopped. Kale Imshoff, uh two years ago on scout day, uh, popped his elbow, tore his elbow, uh, UCL, Tommy John surgery, had to sit out all last year, coached first base for us uh, while he redshirted, was offered professional contracts, just on his batting practice alone before the game, they saw him hit and said, hey, if you want to go play, and Kale said, no, uh, I want to give my best year to Little Rock, and I, I want everyone to see me as a complete player, not just a hitter, and he was off to a great start, and, uh, you know, seven home runs at the time, which may have led the state in home runs, all the colleges, and definitely the Sun Belt, and uh, just D1 baseball, namely the most impressive hitter so far, and but I think he's – I feel real confident he's going to get a chance to continue playing, and, and he should. And we had a fall game in Missouri, uh, in the, and uh, Kale hit two home runs off two highly touted pitchers. There were a lot of eyes there. I think he made him some money that day, professional ranks, and uh, I, I think he's going to be all right. You've played at that level. Um, when you talk to some of your MLB sources around, where do they have him pegged? to go in the draft well as you know the draft and this another whole piece of this puzzle yeah. is only five rounds and uh i was as a side note i was reading uh, a tweet last night that leaves 35 rounds undrafted and that to the tune there's about 690 players drafted last year well now over 400 players won't be drafted this year well they're going to go to college and then trickle down but the the scouts i talked to the national cross checkers the people that have seen video if you're a football fan, he is a big tight end with unbelievable soft hands, great hips, and unbelievable power. On the 20 to 80 major league scale, with 80 being the best power you've ever seen, they grade him at about a 70 raw power. He literally hit balls off the light towers here in, uh, in Little Rock. He has soft hands. We have a stat that we keep, uh, the amount of strikes stolen that were borderline on the edge of the strike zone, and he really ranks high there. He blocks great. His body's in great shape, 6'2", 228, low body fat. And his arm, you know, what really haunts me is he, after we finished at Southern Miss on Sunday, I'd always ask him, how's your arm? How's your arm coming off the surgery? And he told me that week, he said, Coach, my arm's really coming back right now. I was really cutting it loose. He had thrown out nine of 18 uh, runners, which 30% is a good number, and he was at 50%. And uh, I hate getting into it too much because I think about what if. But um, he'll he'll be highly sought after. I think he's one of the top five catchers in the country. Well, you can always sit here and you could 
think what if what if he got to play against the Arkansas Razorbacks in Fayetteville and last year you go up there and, and you beat them what if he's just coming off of a game against UCA and getting ready to go to Lafayette Louisiana this weekend for the, another Sunbelt Conference Series and what is known as a hotbed for baseball down in Louisiana well, that would have been fun because of the fans and uh, the way that they are passionate about it. We embrace that series down there and respect that team very much. And uh, it would have been fun to see uh, uh, Kale on the field with, with a couple other good players at Arkansas as well, you know, Kerstad and Martin. And that would have been fun to, to, to see how they all fit together. That would have been a proud moment for Arkansas. And Arkansas baseball is, is going, hey, look, look at the talent you've got right here in state. Mm-hmm. And uh, But – uh, we'll play again. We'll we'll do it again. And uh, you know, I can't. I, you can't live life in what ifs. You can't live in in hypotheticals. Another player I want to I want to discuss with you, and you, and you brought him up a little bit earlier. Uh, Two time Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week before the season or the conference season even started, and that's Aaron Funk and what he was able to do on the mound this season. The well, four weekends he won the player pitcher of the week twice, and uh, he was. Uh, the weekend before, I think, set the school record for strikeouts, 17. Uh, then the next weekend, complete had a no-hitter going through six innings at Southern Miss, a offensive juggernaut. 11 e- he had an 11 ERA as a junior the year before. He admittedly was not very good. He got himself in great shape, led the Northwoods Summer League in strikeouts, and comes back. And, boy, you talk about figuring it out. Aaron Funk had figured it out. He had three pitches going for a strike, and – um, the good news is we get him back for two more years. I think one more year because he'll be drafted. Big Talk on Little Rock is brought to you by Highland Dairy. We'll be back in a second. But first, these messages from Shelter Insurance and Arrow Coach Lines. In sports, success is measured in points, wins, and trophies. At Shelter Insurance, we measure success in the quality of our products and services, in how we support our communities, in being there when you need us most. And the occasional trophy, like the one from J.D. Power for highest customer satisfaction among auto insurers in the central region. Shelter Insurance. We're your shield. We're your shelter. For J.D. Power 2019 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Arrow Coach Lines is ready to take you and your group on your next trip. Whether it's one day to Oakline or one week to Florida, Arrow Coach Line will meet your needs. 47 to 56 passenger coaches are available for charter service. Our motor coaches come equipped with DVD systems and internet access is available. We have added a new 16-passenger Sprinter van to our fleet, which is ideal for local service or airport transfers. Call 663-6002. Arrow Coach Lines, a family-owned and operated business for over 65 years. Welcome back to Big Talk on Little Rock. I am Trey Schapp, joined again by the Little Rock baseball head coach, Chris Curry. This segment brought to you by Datamax. Coach, uh, there are so many questions out there these days with what is the future going to look like. And if anybody can predict the future, please tell me because I would like to know. But you're going to be able to give your seniors an extra year. There could be a one-time transfer to where anybody can transfer and play immediately the next season. Plus the fact that you look at your roster, I mean, the only loss is Kale Emshoff, and there there might be some magical way that he comes back to Little Rock even. Right. It, it is uh, – when folks ask what we're doing right now, uh, that consumes our time as roster management. And working with each player on their role, watching what the NCAA is doing and thinking and what we're hearing – uh, you've got about four different scenarios or classes if you want to group them. So you have the seniors, 
they're back. The NCAA has decided that you don't have to count their equivalency scholarship against uh, your 11.7. So you set them over here on, on their own group. Then you have the underclassmen that were here last year, and so you've got to sort through how everybody feels in the locker room about their role, their situation, um, and talk with them through that, as we do every year. That's normal. But then you have a class of high schoolers that are asking questions because when we sign these high schoolers, we're under the assumption that this guy's going to graduate, that guy's going to graduate, this guy's going to get drafted. Well, as you said, pretty much everyone's back unless except Imshoff. Then don't forget the junior college class, which we always have a lot of JUCO guys, 50 or 60%. They got a year relief. They have an option to go back to junior college if they want to or come on to Division One. so we're sorting it out with those families. The good news for us about a junior college player is we, we would get them classified as a sophomore, so we get three years with them, but some are thinking they want to go back to junior college to have another year, but the problem there is progress towards degree academically. Mm-hmm. So now, as you can see, we're in the weeds with a lot of roster management. And how do you deal with also trying to scout during this time? Because that's another question. I mean, you're not allowed to be on the road right now. Well, the portal uh, is averaging uh, about 20 kids per day going into it, the transfer portal. Uh, most of all of the Ivy League graduates are in there. The Ivy League is averaging about seven to eight players per team. So you're doing your research on those guys to see if they can help because you're always looking to improve your club. Even through a crisis, even through, through a pandemic, you're always looking to improve your club. And so we're keeping our finger on the pulse of who is available. Uh, we're watching a ton of video. Uh, I've learned how to Zoom. I've learned, you know, a lot more FaceTime. And just evaluating video is is king right now. And and synergy, you know, we you, a lot of game footage. Uh, and and we're what if this transfer one time transfer goes uh, goes through, then it'll be wild wild west. Uh, everybody will be looking for a spot where they can play, and that's what kids want to do. And I don't blame them. They want to play. And so you have to have your, your, your finger on the pulse of your roster, communicating with your own players, but making sure there's not a guy out there that can help you. We were talking um, earlier off the record. Well, I'm not going to say off the record because uh, it wasn't technically off the record. We just weren't recording. But we were talking about the fact that this, this pandemic, this happening, and the fact that Little Rock baseball is still in a good spot compared to some other teams in the Sunbelt Conference. Where is Little Rock baseball now before and where will it be after what has happened? Well, we're one of the youngest teams in the league. We, we had the least amount of seniors, five, and we were still playing very well. And so with this 98% of our group coming back, a lot of them played 17 games. And so it was almost like a free, uh, free year to get 40, 50 at-bats, and those are priceless. The, the talent, we got a center fielder in Tyler Williams who's going to be our next high draft pick. As we talked about, Aaron Funk was figuring it out. Hayden Arnold was throwing well from Watson Chapel. Uh, we had just moved Nate Lyons from Bentonville over to shortstop. Houston Parker won the job at third uh, for the time being. And so we're in a very good place. And that's a credit to my assistants, Noah Sanders, Artie Spees. But the talent is here. The guy and, – and, Understand recruiting, you know this, but maybe folks in the public don't. Recruiting, recruiting is two years behind. 
Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the players that are here now saw what we did two years ago, the Ryan Scotts and, and Riley Pittmans and the great names. And, and boy, we got, a, we got a lot of folks that saw the game last year at Fayetteville. That helped. And so now those kids are opening their eyes. And so they're on their way. And a lot of them were new in this locker room. We had over 20 new players this year. And they're all coming back, and they're, they're talented, and they were already competing at a high level. So uh, losing Imshoff, who argue, arguably uh, could have had the best offensive year we've ever had here, but uh, we, we still have other guys that are really good players. Speaking of the talent that people are seeing within the state and that they are seeing what you are able to do and how Little Rock has grown since you've been here, how is the talent? How is the high school talent within – the borders of the state of Arkansas right now. It's grown immensely, and I think just look at the numbers of guys that signed Division One. I, I think, you know, I hate saying this, but back when I played, you know, there was only about seven, eight, ten guys that went to Division One. Now you're probably approaching 30 or 40. That's a credit to the high school coaches who do an unbelievable job of developing, and that's a credit to the summer leagues and, and the players themselves getting out and playing in the summer and developing themselves. Used to it, it was American Legion, and you played about 15, 20 games in the summer, and that was awesome. I played it, love American Legion. But now they're playing so many more games in the summer and developing, and they're, they're training year-round. Although we love multi-sport athletes, they just come out of high school now. Everybody throws 90. Everybody's physical and developed and, and skilled and has watched video and – there's no secrets, but boy, the the level of baseball and look how well the high school players are doing mm-hmm. that that uh, that go into the next level and even professional baseball. Let's go back to when you first picked up the game. Mm-hmm. Take take me back to Conway, Arkansas, and and when did Chris Curry fall in love with this game of baseball? Well, I, t- I tell you what, but it's a funny story. My, my parents, uh, who I'm very close to and love dearly and uh, uh, couldn't uh, be anywhere without them. I'm a preacher's son, and uh, my dad uh, and mom actually met at what was northeast Louisiana. Now it's called Monroe. They were on band scholarships. Uh, dad, dad played the saxophone. Mom played the flute. They met there. Dad is from Little Rock, went to McClellan High School. Mom is from the Delta over in Clarksdale, Mississippi. They met there. Neither one of them were very athletic. Uh, they they uh, were very very well versed in in music, and uh, I have zero musical skill myself. So uh, anyway, uh, uh, living in Oklahoma, Dad's on on staff at a church there, and Mom says, I, "I don't know. The kid likes to throw rocks and you know get out in the yard. Let's sign him up for ball." So she signs me up. My first year, nine years old, pitch machine, fell in love with it. Uh, just loved playing the game. Uh, would go to go to bed with my uniform on for the game the next day. Had a pair of George Brett uh, cleats with the big old tongue on them, a number five, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I just fell in love with it. It's all I wanted to do. I, I played other sports, played football, played basketball. Terrible basketball player, uh, but uh, fell in love with it. Lived in Little Rock to the eighth grade. Moved to Conway in the ninth grade. Uh, was fortunate to play for. Th- the legends, Noel Boucher and Barry Luters, who are both retiring. Talk about a sad story. They announced their retirement in high school after 35, 40 years, and their year get, gets cut short. But anyway, they trained me well. We were we were very, very competitive, won some championships. Got the opportunity to play for another legend in uh, Scott Barry at Meridian. Played with a good left-hander named Cliff Lee mm-hmm. from Benton. We were teammates and uh, played there. 
Moved on to Mississippi State. Ron Polk recruited me. Legend. Another one. And legend's thrown around yeah. a lot lately. Those, but it, those, it sticks with Ron Polk really well. Yeah, the, the godfather of uh, Southeastern Conference baseball. And then the first one that ushered in the stadium, uh, the stadium era. You know, built duty noble field, and then others had to catch well, it, up. Yeah, but what they had down there with the left field lounge and everything, where the 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 smoke, the, yes. the aroma from the grills yes. would just hover over the outfield. I mean, if you're playing uh, left field uh-huh. down there on a Saturday afternoon, uh-huh. and that just the breeze is blowing just right, uh-huh. you get a good whiff of of the barbecued ribs on yes. a grill. It's hard to concentrate on baseball. During, during uh, batting practice as a catcher, I would just kind of sneak out to left field and, uh, you know, Everett Kennard and, and Hobie and the guys would just, you know, give you a rib through the fence, you know, a little bit. But the other teams would say, what do we got, fog rolling in? No, those are the grills. But uh, being able to play there, then playing uh, eight years, nine years with the Cubs and the Giants as a catcher, I was a defensive-minded player, and that's probably what started me down the path of coaching. I gravitated towards the end of the of the bench with the coaches, the managers, the hitting coach, the pitching coach. Really had to study the game because I wasn't a first rounder who could uh, had unbelievable power like M. Shaw for a big fastball. I had to really work my way into everything that I earned, and and so when you do that, you learn the game. And again, it all started. You know, go back to I I played for Coleman Derry in Little mm-hmm. League. David Roll, Walt Coleman was yeah. my little league coach. Wow. And so I learned those guys played uh, high level. I think Walt played at Arkansas, and David Rose, a softball Hall of Famer, and he's close. So Walt's always had a good arm. When he's throwing that, that yellow hanky <laughs> when he was officiating in the NFL, he's always had a good arm to get it out there. Good 15, 20 yards, <laughs> right right to the spot of the foul. But, no, I was fortunate to, to play for them. And then and Blake Trantham, who's an alum here, mm-hmm. and, and those guys coached me all the way through. So I really never had a bad baseball coach. Do you pattern your coaching after someone that coached you or that you were on a staff with? I am a combination of all of my baseball influences. Uh, again, going, I remember the things we did in Little League from with Blake Trantham, and uh, he brought the first struck, really structured plan and hard-nosed. Uh, Noel Boucher, you talk about toughness, you talk about confidence, Barry Luters. Uh, Coach Barry, Scott Barry at Meridian, just showing up every day to play hard. Uh, and then the, the – the, Jim Case is one of the, who's now at Jacksonville State. Got the uh, stadium named after him. He's one of the best baseball minds I've ever been a part, been on a bench with. Um, but I have to give a lot of credit as well to Dave Van Horn and coaching on his bench for two years and watching the moves and the thoughts behind the lineups and pinch hits and why did we steal there? Why did we bunt there? And just managing a team day to day. And so I'm I'm a Combination of all those men, and uh, then, then, but then you have to be yourself. You have to be real because the players. If you ever underestimate the players and them being able to see through things that are fake, these guys are really good at it, and and they're worn out by uh, lack of authenticity because there's so much of that in our culture today. But they are drawn to someone who's real, open, and honest, even if it's not something they want to hear that day. Some people think that getting to the College World Series is probably one of the toughest things to do in sport, um, maybe even tougher than winning the NCAA basketball tournament. And you look at a team like Coastal Carolina mm. from the Sunbelt Conference that was able to get there, achieve, win at the highest level. 
You were on Dave Van Horn's staff when the Razorbacks were there. What What is that drive like to get there? And then once you're there, for those that have never been, uh, I remember Rosenblatt, and I've been to TD Ameritrade. Uh, no comparisons there. Right. But just getting to Omaha, knowing you're going, because I believe that with Dave Van Horn, that's all they talk about. It's about Omaha. It's not about anything else. It's about the eight teams that are able to get there. Right, and, and you make a great point. I think the reason that Omaha is so difficult is because the parity in college baseball, and so many people are supporting their, their baseball teams. In football, you got about ten teams mm-hmm. every year that you can pretty much count on to be in the playoff. Basketball, I don't know, 10 or 15, not a huge basketball. Maybe. Right, but you can pretty much bank who's going to be there. But baseball, it's wide open. Well, like Stony Brook a couple of years ago beat LSU. Right, They went then and went to Omaha. They went down to Baton Rouge, won two out of three. Coastal Carolina, who you mentioned, also went through Baton Rouge. Yeah. And Gary Gilmore, who we need to make sure and pray for him, he's battling cancer right now, uh, but still fighting and was on our coaches' conference call yesterday or the other day. He tells a story to me, which encouraged me. He said, man, I see what you're doing here, and keep going. Don't give up. He said, I remember we were out getting our field ready for a doubleheader, and we were getting all the water and the mud off the field. He said, our president walked down to help us, and his leather shoes sunk down to the ankle. And he looked at Coach Gilmore, and Coach Gilmore looked at him, and he said, is this what we're dealing with? And Coach said, yes, sir, it is. He said, no, we're getting a stadium. Well, they get a stadium. Now, they had already been winning championships. Mm -hmm. Many folks say, what comes first, facilities or winning? They go hand in hand, chicken or egg, you know. But uh, after that conversation, after the winning, now they've got one of the top ten stadiums in the country, and he takes a team like Coastal to the national championship. One thing that I learned uh, being in Fayetteville with Coach was sometimes Omaha can be so a million miles away. You have to first start – thinking and talking about it every day and the best line and Todd Butler and Dave Jorn helped me with this Omaha's only five games away what do you mean mm-hmm. three games in the regional mm-hmm. three and oh on a weekend yeah two on the next weekend and so I think what you have to do even the palace that is Omaha that you become a a celebrity immediately there's over 190 microphones on the field You know, I remember throwing batting practice, and they had the apron behind at Omaha, and there's Kyle Peterson, Carl Ravitch, Aaron Andrews behind him, and I'm sitting there going, boy, I better throw strikes right here. (laughs) I don't want to hit anybody. But it's a surreal moment, but you've got to really bring it down to earth and go, hey, play well for five games. Yeah, you got to play well for 56. you got to play well for five games, and if we play well, we can win. And you start that conversation in August in the locker room. Let's win today. Let's play well today. Let's have a good inner squad. Let's have win game one. And over the course of the season, instead of talking about the bigness of it and how huge it is, no, 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 no. We just need to play good routine baseball, yeah. and we can get to Omaha. And then we need to be really good two weekends in a row. And next thing you know, you're in Omaha, and it's, you can't have a bad day in Omaha. You can't have a bad day. It, even even if it rains out a day, it it's still a good day because you go to the drover. You go to the drover and get, get steak, you a good steak. Zestos, I think it's called. But, oh yeah, or the zoo. But uh, you know, we you know, I remember my only trip. I was coaching first base on the Eibner home run, and uh, it gave him a high five going around first. And then we lost. And then you know, LSU was really, really, really good. A lot of big leaguers, and they beat us twice. But Still, it was hard to have a bad day, even if you lose in Omaha. You want to finish your season there. 
No doubt. A couple of more uh, thoughts I want to get from you, and then, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, some coaches like to mow the grass. Some let others do it. Some have a, a staff at the Power Fives that they handle the field. You don't touch it. Maybe they ask, how would you like it? But are, are you one that likes to get on the mower and, and, and mow the grass? Love it. And every coach I've played for uh, was a grab-a-rake guy, quote, grab-a-rake. When they're out at the field, e- even if the guy that's keeping it, the professional that has two degrees in turf grass management, it's just pride. It, it's a picture of your program. You want when somebody walks through your gates the first time to see your field striped, clean, neat lines. I know as baseball coaches, we're so petty. We grade each other on how straight your grass lines are. But that's just attention to detail. Is your front yard the same way? Uh, sometimes. I have a 10-year-old, <laughs> and he's learning. He's learning. Depends on if we're on the road. Right, right now, my yard is in, in, impeccable because I'm going crazy. I'm a big mower. I love to get on the mower. I, I can get away from everything going on in the day. I call it hiding in plain sight. If you ever notice, no one bothers you when you're on the mower. No. He's mowing. Let him finish. And so I like to get out there and just mow the lines, think, Listen so, to so it. are you a straight line guy, or do you, would you like to try and incorporate some patterns into it? I, I'm a straight line guy. I am black and white. I'm not super artistic, but I do like patterns. I do like checkerboards. Yep. I like the old home plate and center field. Sure. I'm not a big sun ray type guy or squiggly. I, I like things rigid, straight. Can we get an LR in center field maybe once? I, I would love it. we got to have a template built, and there's a special mower, a walk behind. and uh, now I, My staff does a ton of work, and they've kind of kicked me off the mower lately because <laughs> they need to learn as well. That's part right. of it too. And, right. and, and there's other things that the program needs me doing. But, boy, every now and then I'll say, I got this one, guys. Yeah. All right. Another, another thing, and, and this is not pertaining to mowing grass or the Little Rock Trojans, but it's back to your days as a, as a Chicago Cub. Nah. Huge Cub fan. Yeah. So, David Ross. Yeah. Hadn't been able to manage his first major league game yet. He's undefeated. He is undefeated. <laughs> uh, he had some, uh, some you know, uh, spring training games. Doesn't but count. What are your thoughts on him uh, taking over uh, of the Cubs and the relationship? Because just a couple of years ago, he's on the team winning a World Series and they still have a lot of those players that now he's going to be managing. Well, baseball, great question, Trey. Baseball's changing. The old days, as a matter of fact, last night I stopped on uh, TV and the Dodgers and A's, 1988, game one, Kurt Gibson was on. You had the great Tommy Lasorda, and you had Tony La Russa, and then it's Whitey Herzog, and used to the managers were old, grizzly baseball guys. I mean, he'd played with Mickey Mantle, or this guy had played with Lou Gehrig. Now, with culture and the kids changing, Major League Baseball wants younger, more connected coaches. Now, that is not to say that the managers that are there, some are not connected. Some are, you know, chameleons. They're able to adapt and connect with the players. But with data and analytics being such a big part of MLB and somebody being able to relate to the players and the players, it's just changing. They don't want the old guy much anymore that's been doing it for 30 years. They want the guy that they know, and they feel like I can walk up to him and relate to. And that that I'm not saying that's right because, boy, you can't throw away the wisdom of somebody that's been doing it a long time. Right. I saw a piece where 
Marquee Sports Network, who is now the the broadcast partner of the Chicago Cubs in spring training. They put microphones on Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and they were asking them what was their alias name when they checked into hotels like one year. Uh So, A, did you have one of those, and what (laughs) was it? And then they were trying to get what David Ross's was, so Anthony Rizzo's sitting in the the dugout, and he goes, hey, Skipper, what what was your alias last year? And he told him, and he goes – of course, that was your alias. Uh-huh. No, I didn't because I was never that good. I didn't. Oh, need, come on! I didn't, no, I, I never needed one. I always, you know, j- they're talking about the Four Seasons Hotel where they get their own room, or and, the Ritz, or the Ritz. That's literally, literally where they stay. But uh, I never really had or needed a needed an alias. And I'll make a prediction here today. Uh, James McCann, who who I, I coached at uh, Arkansas and is is an All Star last year with the White Sox. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to be a big league manager. Mm-hmm. And so they they pick out these guys while they're playing, and a lot of them are catchers. I would love to see the stat on how many former catchers are coaching oh, and yeah. managing. But James McCann will be a major league manager, and you can see it when they're playing. He's a leader. He understands the game at a high level. He's a hitter, and he handles the pitching. And he is honest, and that's what they want. You got to know your X's and O's, but you got it's a it's that's why they call it managing in baseball, not coach. He's not the head coach; he's the manager. There's people involved. There's decisions to be made. There's management decisions going on. You talk about all the mics that are around at the at the uh, College World Series. Think about the World Series, and I go mm. back to 2016 because being a Cub fan, and I remember Anthony Rizzo walking up, putting his arm around David Ross, and saying, "Man." I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm lost right now. I'm going nuts. And, Dave, and, and David Ross goes, you just got to breathe. That's right. You just got to breathe, man. Just That's right. Just relax and breathe. Is it, that all it is? It's that simple. And so many people are looking for a deeper answer to what's the trick to hitting the big home run or playing in the big game. It goes back to what we were talking about with Omaha. If you let your mind chase or jump to how big the moment is, then you're not where your feet are that moment. I need to stretch out and get ready for the game. I need to make sure my arms loose, my legs are loose. And you know what helps you breathe in those moments is routines. Routines on deck, the same amount of swings, the same amount of swipes in the dirt when you get in the batter's box, going back to some guys stare at the label, some guys stare at the the handle. All the routines are comfort to let you know that you've done this so many times, you don't know how to do it wrong. And so it has to be just this moment, this pitch, and then we'll talk for the rest of our lives about how big of a situation that was uh, later. But if you're trying to think the rest of your life while playing the game, yeah, you're in trouble. He's Chris Curry, the head coach of the Little Rock Trojans. We'll be back and wrap it up with him right after this. Hear ye now, the news is good, my friend. I'm here to tell you that Big Red Stores is making the coffee lover's life just a little bit better with 69-cent coffee refills all fall and winter long. Purchase our new Big Red Stores coffee mug in high-quality stainless steel or the economy version and refill it over and over with hot, fresh community coffee for only 69 cents. And never pay full price for gas at Big Red Stores because when you use your Big Red Rewards card to make purchases inside the store, you get discounts outside at the pump. If there's not a 69-cent coffee refill selling Big Red Store in your neighborhood, you need to move. 
For 100 years, Chevy trucks have been a part of the American landscape because they're as strong and dependable as the people who drive them. And as they're passed down through each new generation, one thing remains the same. Chevy trucks, like the legendary Silverado, come from the family of the most dependable, longest-lasting full-size pickups on the road. So make the right choice with the Chevy Silverado and see your Arkansas's best Chevy dealers. Dependability based on longevity, 1987 to 2017 full-size pickup registrations. Welcome back to Big Talk on Little Rock as we wrap it up with Little Rock Trojan baseball coach Chris Curry. Coach, uh, I want to thank you. This this has been fun to uh, kind of talk about your program, where it is, and I know the pandemic and everything has just kind of brought everything to a screeching halt. But as you look forward to next season, and I know we've talked about the roster and how you guys were playing this season and some of the guys that could potentially be coming back. We don't know all of that yet. It's going to work itself out, but you have to be so excited about next year. Well, I can't wait to get back on the field, and I miss the relationships. I miss the time in this locker room, the laughs, uh, getting to know everybody. I miss competition. That's what we're uh, raised to do. That's what we're trained to do is to compete. Uh, I'm excited to see the talent that we have measure against the other talent out there. We were already playing well, so that only gives you hope for the future. It'll be interesting when we go to Kansas State uh, next year. They're, they're really good. I'm excited about that. We're going back to Oklahoma State. I can tell you from experience, it's a long drive to Manhattan. It is. It is. And I'm just glad it's later in the year and it's not going to be too cold. Uh, but uh, going back to Fayetteville. Oh, good. So excited about that. And uh, it's going to be a fun year. I, I, I want the nation, the world to heal. And, and sports has always been historically a big part of that. Once we're safe, once it's okay to go back, I think sports and watching live, uh, something about live – TV and live life sports kind of heals a lot of things. And so it, 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 it'll it heal these guys. It'll heal the coaches and all of us who are fans and, and love it. And it's, it's, it's not who we are. It's what we do. But, boy, we're really close to it and our hearts in it. And you've got some good support here. No question. Uh, from not just the administration, the school, but the uh, sponsors as well that are out there on that wall. That's right. We've got so many people that are – plugged in and behind the scenes you know thompson electric every year does so many things to help us our, our lights were out one day emergency they came and fixed them and can't have this program without a highland dairy david david rowe and sherb and walt coleman and all the guys over there and then so many other people behind the scenes alumni that pitch in you know leo monterey and i'm gonna miss people and i apologize and our administration george lee's doing a great job of navigating through these uh, tough times and uh, getting us through to the other side, our chancellor. And, and of course, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank my wife. Now, she's having to put up with me a lot more now because I'm at home. She hadn't kicked you out yet? Not yet. She does say, go mow the yard, go mow the outfield, get out of here every now and then. But uh, she's wonderful. Chastity, April 16th, her birthday. And uh, uh, I couldn't think of uh, anybody that could handle me and being home saying, I wish I was coaching right now than her so it's just it, it takes everybody the assistants all all the jobs that they do and their players well coach thanks so much for the time we're looking forward to next year thank you trey thanks for listening to big talk on little rock with trey shap this was a presentation of little rock trojan sports properties in conjunction with little rock athletics